Hello and welcome to FortiGuard Live. This is Derek Mankey and joining me once again, and hopefully not for the last time, there's always so much to talk about, is uh, Amar Lakhani. How you doing, Amar? I am great. I'm ready to kick off our 2021 world tour, I guess. <laughs> yes, indeed. So uh, we are in the new year and um, uh, putting everything uh, behind us last year, of course, we can learn from history like we always do. Uh, but there's never a, a never never too long of a pause that we can have. I mean, it's, it's a crazy, um, you know, crazy beat when it comes to the threat landscape. And so let's talk about some of those developments. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is um, online shopping. So we're talking about this last year. Um, it's something that, you know, if we look at our FortiGuard Labs data, it continues to be, and this isn't a surprise, right? But it continues to be a regular beat. We saw, we, we talked about the anomalies last year where instead of seeing this massive spike, uh, uh, you know, surge when it comes to typical shopping seasons, every day has been a Cyber Monday, as we call every Monday. Um, we've seen, that continues to hold true, right? We've seen continuous pace to online shopping, even um, as we are in the new year, past all of the holiday sales. So that continues to happen. Um, but some of the things that we talked about and we're seeing are the server-side attacks, right? So these are attackers are going after um, you know, uh, shopping carts, mostly um, application flaws on the server side, because if they can do that, they're um, landing more fishes, um, you know, so to speak, when they go uh, on the, um, uh, you know, when they go to do their regular shopping on what should be legitimate sites. What, what are you seeing on that end? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I really was expecting online shopping attacks to kind of die down a little bit, especially after the Christmas season. But we really haven't seen that. And what we are still seeing, right, we started seeing this during the shopping season and it's just continued to grow is what we call e-skimming attacks. And what e-skimming attacks is, is when attackers go on legitimate websites and they take over the shopping cart, they inject their own code, they find vulnerabilities. Sometimes there are known vulnerabilities, sometimes there are not, or zero days. And they're essentially getting in the middle of those attacks, kind of like a man in the middle attack, where they're capturing financial information, credit card information, PIN numbers, whatever that may, may be, and uh, sending it back to their own domains or their own servers. So they're capturing everything that they need to make other purchases or clone a card or whatever they need to do, and then shipping that back to their own domain and then usually selling that in bulk or using that to uh, for fraud, obviously. Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting. Um, and, you know, the thing is that, uh, you know, obviously, by focusing on on the the shopping cart information, it's still it's still going after the, the credit card uh, information. So that still seems to be a big target. Um, uh, you know, like we always said that passwords were effectively dead, um, but credit card information still seems to be alive and well, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's it's never going to stop, right? Because it's the obviously the only way that most people are buying things online. Uh, with credit cards, even with chip technology, when you're buying things online, you don't really have to have the card present, uh, obviously, because you're not sending your card over the internet somewhere. You're just putting in the numbers. So obviously, it makes it very opportunistic for attackers to uh, try and get that information and use that information somehow when you're not around or when you're not present. Yeah, and beyond the the, the virtual side, um, there's always the, the physical side to security too. And I know that we're having a conversation recently also about something you're seeing with um, Bluetooth skimmers too. That's quite interesting. Right. So let's not forget a skimmer. A traditional skimmer basically is like a fake credit card reader it usually goes over your normal credit card readers. So you put in a credit card, the fake credit card reader captures information and then attackers use that to clone credit cards, steal the numbers. 
normally with these physical skimmers, they've been around like ATM machines, bank systems, gas stations, yeah. a very big target of that. Uh, what attackers have been doing in the past is they usually used to physically grab these systems, take them with them, and then uh, dump all the information out of them. Now what they're doing is the new physical skimmers, uh, they're Bluetooth enabled, and they're really, really popular. We've been seeing like a lot of them being sold on the dark net. So all attackers need to do is they install these skimmers, and uh, just like a smart gas company, they'll just drive by the gas station or wherever they yeah. have these skimmers, uh, turn off their laptop, download the information, and drive away. They don't even have to touch anything or risk getting caught. <laughs> Yeah, you mentioned a keyword here. Let, let's talk about that a little bit more. The drive-bys. Um, so this is this is modern day war driving, right? I mean, war driving is the old school. Uh, you know, we saw this with typically with with um, using Wi-Fi, right? So the Wi-Fi was a vector where they would try to obviously get into networks to um, you know uh, and and do um, passive monitoring on those networks for credentials, um, things like that. But this is um, essentially. A lower risk to the attacker, right? Because they're able to just go by scoop information. It doesn't have to necessarily even be the person who installed the skimmer, right? It can be another agent going around just to to, to grab the info off of it. Yeah, you, you're hitting it right on the nail uh, that that it gives them a lot of flexibility. You know, with Wi-Fi, like it requires power, right? So you usually have to have it plugged in. With Bluetooth, it's low power. It's usually not active until it's like turned on or scanned actively. So they can have a battery in there. It'll work for a couple of weeks, uh, whoever knows how long. Yeah. And they don't even have to go back and risk anything. Uh, you know, if an attacker walks up to a skimmer and is actually physically taking the skimmer, there's a chance that someone may see them. Some They maybe get, get photographed. Uh, there may be uh, police presence yeah. around, right? So uh, absolutely, they can just tell someone, hey, drive up with this mobile phone or, or a laptop and just sit there. And once you see the green button, you're good to go. They don't even have to have technology once it's set up. And, and, and that's the thing. It's um, it's quick because like in, in, in the sort of older days of war driving, um, it could look suspicious, right? It was a proverbial someone sitting in a van or, you know, a, uh, a car on their laptop outside of a house because it took some time to collect packets and do these things. Where in this case, it's literally, it can literally be in and out and it can look like normal activity, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a big point of flexibility. Uh, so COVID, COVID nineteen. I'm still still here, of course. Uh, but that was the the theme of, of 2020, and um, when when it came to a lot of the uh, lures that we saw through email activity, but not just email through. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about voice fishes. We talked about SMS. Uh, you know, um, uh, smishing as an example. There are so many um, uh, social media. Basically, any. Any attack vector that uh, you know cyber criminals could get their hands on, they would use and try to leverage COVID nineteen. Uh, what we've seen recently, uh, you know, kicking off this year is uh, is the what's the hottest, of course, is is the vaccine rollouts now. So there's been a lot of interesting developments. Something that um, viewers should definitely be uh, uh, aware of. Uh, you know, it's it's like we always talk about client and server side security, right? So on the end user attacks, uh, i.e. the attacks that are targeted directly to the end users, we're seeing um, a whole bunch of you know, um, clever things. Um, I wouldn't say that it's too surprising again, unfortunately, but things like offering, um, offering obviously bogus, um, you know, uh, hope. So providing, uh, you know, cheap um, vaccines, we've seen dollar amounts less than $200 as an examples for a readily available vaccine, which of course is not. Um, so that's one issue is the if it's too good to be uh, true, it is like we always talk about. But there's also the other side, right, where we're seeing attackers going after uh, the providers themselves trying to sell uh, bulk uh, vaccine too. 
Yeah, you, you know, I, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And that always rings true. And as always with COVID, attackers are using the opportunity to take advantage of anyone's emotion. And uh, that, that always seems to evolve as the news cycle evolves. Right now, the COVID uh, vaccine obviously uh, still very hard to get for a lot of people, even for a lot of medical providers and hospitals. There's a lot of hospitals that just want to get their own frontline workers vaccinated and protected. And so they're asking like their counties, their government officials, other hospitals, like if they have any extra doses for their own personnel. And uh, of course, attackers are taking advantage of this thing like, hey, you know what, we have extra doses, we can send your hospital, please send payment here. Obviously, we never, never get that. They never get that. We are starting to see like in our email honeypots uh some emails that are have this type of language um don't know if anyone's falling for it or not but uh, you know there's probably there's probably an opportunity there for attackers obviously yeah. there's an opportunity for them uh, everyone's trying to get a vaccine there's certain groups that can only get it at certain times so they're saying hey you can get it right now pay up front or we can skip you ahead of the line so a lot of scams a lot of fraud happening right there yeah. Obviously, if you're going to take anything medical, take it from an official entity. Like, don't go out on the internet and take it from someone that's unknown when you're taking medical uh, vaccines. It's, it's, it's the same thing as, as virtual. And this is the thing that I talk about a lot and it's really important, I think, is, yeah, when it comes to something physical, especially something you're putting in your body, um, that I think people will should have a, a higher sense of security when it comes to that. Where is this coming from? Is it trusted? But they don't uh, oftentimes when it comes to um, accepting applications and so on your phone, but it should be the same mentality. Those words you just said, uh, is it coming from a trusted source? Do I know about this? A lot of people don't ask themselves when they're installing an app from an app store as an example or you know an executable <laughs> on a machine, uh, but it really should be the same thing. Yeah, attackers are using the same techniques. They're creating that sense of urgency. They're saying, hey, you are you may be in a group that's not going to get the vaccine probably until summer, but we can get it to you right now, but you need to make a decision right now where we only have a few of these left. Please yeah. pay right now and we'll get you on the list. And everyone's like, yes, let me click on this right away. Let me secure my spot. But unfortunately, as soon as you click on that, it's fraud and you lost your money. So uh, yeah. that's, that's what they're using. They're using the same techniques that they've always used to create that sense of urgency. Yeah, and we saw that uh, even last year with, so these, this is also coming down to supply chain attacks in a sense, trying to piggyback and, and ride that wave. I mean, we saw that with, uh, you know, PPE, the personal protection equipment, because that was also sparse and hard to get a hold of uh, earlier last year. And it was the same kind of thing, right? We saw, I mean, we saw a lot of phishing scams related to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So expect more of that. Um, we talked also about the edge access Trojan. So a lot of these attacks going to the edge. So, you know, the theme here is being malware code, being flexible, being able to have a further reach to that attack surface. So not just being focused on on mobile phone, as an example, on, on Android or, or iOS or just focused on PC, uh, but rather having a wider focus with one malware campaign. And we started to see some of that. We're, we're seeing, um, you know, things like Golang we talked about. There's a new IoT-based botnets that can actually infect various IoT platforms. So that's already happening. And I think we're going to continue to see that expand. Uh, but, you know, there's recent um, uh, analysis that was put out on um, Adrozek as an example. This is a malware family that was being um, successful through multiple browsers, uh, multiple applications. And um, they, you know... It, it's a big infrastructure. I mean, they're controlling uh, hundreds of thousands of domains. Um, and 
the malware itself was doing um, browser injection, right? Uh, to be able to see malicious search results once that that uh, browser was infected. Yeah, I, so I think what we have to take away here is people have kind of gotten used to the fact that browsers traditionally have been secure, right? They get updated automatically a lot of times. They People don't worry about browsers as they used to worry about email attacks or phishing attacks. And I think we're going to start seeing a little bit of shift in those attacks. Uh, I think uh, browsers are going to be they are going to be the new edge for a lot of people. We're going to start seeing a lot more attacks. Those attacks don't necessarily have to find vulnerabilities in the browser, but just the back end on how the browser processes things like search, like Ad, how it uh, delivers an ad, like things that it's processing. And that gives attackers opportunity. And what we're seeing with this particular botnet that you mentioned is it allows the attackers to essentially create thousands of drones, hundreds of thousands of drones where, they're, where they can attack machines. Yeah. And they're really flexible with Golang, with Python, with other places. They can, uh, they can attack Windows systems, Mac systems, Linux, uh, Edge devices, IoT devices. They don't yeah. care. They're very flexible. Yeah, and, and the key thing we're seeing is injection here again, too. So again, it's something that is traditionally secure, but once you have one of those malicious DLLs extensions that, that are loaded, um, it's essentially game over, right? And, and the reality is a lot of these edge devices have browsers themselves. And um, yeah, the, the injections are, are quite popular. It's like what we talked about with some of the playbooks before for ATM hijacking, right? Same thing, um, trying to tr crack those boxes open by doing DLL injection, too. Exactly. Everything pretty much has a browser. Even if you're not like opening up an application and putting in a website's address in it, it has a browser. It's using HTTP, HTTPS protocols to connect, uh, to send communication for updates a lot of times. So it has that code built in and that's what they're taking advantage of. And that's what I want to make clear is that that's why these attacks are, are so per pervasive and also so widespread is because that protocol is used everywhere. It's not just having a browser on your desktop and thinking like, okay, my, my device doesn't have that, I'm safe. You probably are not if uh, if your device yeah. is using the protocol. Yeah, absolutely. Always better to to think you're not safe than to think you are safe all the time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So on that team, uh, just wrapping up, um, you know, what, what's to come this year, I think, uh, just for those social engineering lures to, to our users, I think that, of course, we're going to continue to see the things we talked about, the vaccine, um, you know, phishing targets, but also uh, things like, um, uh, you know, as we come in these new lockdowns, restrictions being lifted, we're going to see things that we didn't really see last year that we did see the years before, but new variations of it. I think things like, um, you know, more more of these health authority orders, those sense of urgency that you talked about. Um, there's going to be more promotion likely later this year on things like travel, as an example, things that are going to be front in mind for people, right? Man, I think we're going to see an explosive, uh, uh, you know, just uh, of attacks on travel-related things, especially later in the year. Everyone's going to want to get out. Everyone, you're going to get emails on specials, on on discounts, on airfare, on hotels, on uh, vacation packages, and I bet there will be a lot of fraud in that because everyone's going to yeah. be jumping. Everyone's already jumping. They're ready to get out of of lockdowns in a lot of places. So I think we'll see a lot of that. Yeah, not just travel too, but other things that were closed and opening, right? Even restaurant promotions as an example, I think, too. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's been great as always. We we can uh, talk um, uh, for, for hours, and we do, uh, behind the scenes, but that's uh, what we're doing 24-7-365 at uh, 40 Guard Labs. Thanks, Amar, for joining me again. This is Derek Mankey with 40 Guard Labs signing off. Thanks.